Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sure. I guess it's good if you enjoy soap operas. And that's the kind of stuff I that you want. I do enjoy soap operas. And I don't enjoy this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Super Trash, a podcast about Supergirl. I am Jen. And I am Melissa. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 19, The Fanatical. But you know what, Alyssa, before we jump into that, let's let's do some thank yous. Let's talk about the Patreon and how awesome it is that we've got a lot of people donating. Yes. Let's let's. I mean, I I just, you know, when Alyssa pitched to me about doing this, I was like, yeah, that's a good idea, but like let's not get our hopes up. But we've actually gotten a ton of support and you guys are great. And we mentioned Danny last week, and this week I want to thank, and I'm really sorry if I butcher your name, please let me know if I'm saying it wrong, but Kylam, Kylam, thank you so much for donating to us. It's awesome, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Yay! So, now, back to your regularly scheduled programming, let's talk about the reason why we're all here today, everyone. Supergirl. Or, as I like to say, the death of Supergirl. (laughs) <laughs> yeah because uh Alyssa, i don't know if you've noticed uh this is not the supergirl that i used to know this this episode in particular i think it, it's so because i think we kind of talked about the chasm between like when there is good and bad on the show and how it feels like we're watching two different shows and it feels like that more and more every week Yes. We're like the, you know what, truthfully, I would rather Lena and Kara never interact than have the interactions that we have right now. I would rather never see them on screen together than have what we have. This petty drama, nonsensical argument. Uh, first of all, I listened to, <laughs> I listened to Kara's initial argument for why she couldn't tell Lena her true identity when she was telling James. I listened to it three times. And I still have no idea what the fuck she was saying. But that was also the most car we've had in a while. Just in the way she was explaining it. Like, she was, like, getting flustered on herself. So it was, like, this weird thing. I'm like, you make no sense. But it's, like, also kind of nice to see that, like, awkward car come back out. But I hate it. <laughs> I, I do. I do miss that. But it's... It's really frustrating to me that that's the that's the most we've seen of Kara Danvers as a character in how many episodes now? Like you've remarked I, I at least half a dozen times that Supergirl or Kara is only in her her Supergirl suit. You know, we never see her because outside of Lena that suit. Because Lena can't see her any other way. Inside. And Lena can't see her any other way, but that argument never works if we don't actually see Kara Danvers as a character. So I know. And so there's this there's this whole big thing because in the beginning of season three, 
Supergirl didn't even want to be Cara Danvers. She was so upset over the loss of Monel that she was like, why do I even want to be human? I don't want to be human. I just want to be Supergirl. I'm just going to be Cara Zor-El. I'm not going to be Cara Danvers anymore. She quit her job at CatCo. And it was this, job. this, this, this her, 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 <laughs> mm, yeah, let's use quotation marks there. Her job at CatCo. And, and so, but then that whole story arc was never even resolved. Like we had this whole big emotional buildup to this division between Car Danvers and Supergirl, and then Monel came back. But wasn't it kind of well? Now I think the timeline is getting confused in my head. Wasn't it kind of resolved when Alex is like, "No, you be Kara." Oh no, no, that was the opposite. It was like, "You be Supergirl." Wait, now I'm confusing myself. Well, they had they had that discussion. Yeah, she told her. To be one of those. I can't remember which. Oh, man. Now you've got me doubting it. Because I, I thought in my head, oh, she just told her to be Supergirl. But now I, I don't... I think that was it. I think that was it. Okay. But they had that conversation. But I don't feel like there was ever any resolution for Kara. No. As a person. Like, she never did, she never got to decide if she wants to be both or one or the other. Because Monel came back. And so it didn't fucking matter anymore. Because... Mono came back and we're just supposed to believe that she's okay with being Kara again, but they haven't shown her accepting that Kara Danvers part of her life because we never see Kara Danvers. We and got so, two seconds of Kara Danvers this week. We that was it. Two seconds of Kara Danvers this week. And so when the only person on the show who doesn't know that Kara is Supergirl is Lena, the argument for her keeping an identity a secret becomes asinine. Okay, so I want to bring... I'm going to bring this up because we talk about, we're going to probably talk about this later, but this is an argument that she gives James. I can't remember exactly when. I think it was more towards the end. But when she says to um, James, oh, if Lena knew I was Supergirl, people would use it against her. What people? Apparently no one knows you're Supergirl except your your little crew. Who's going to use this against her? Everyone already knows. Everyone already knows that Lena is friends with Supergirl. Everyone already knows that Kara is friends with Supergirl. If Kara tells Lena that she is Supergirl, unless the Lena tells the person. entire world, yeah, unless Lena tells the entire world, no one can use it against Lena. The only person that that reveal impacts is Lena. Yes, because her secret is still secret to everyone else, except the entire world. Who knows? <laughs> it's just. So it's 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 mind-boggling to me because Cora in that scene with James cares so much about what Lena thinks of her as Supergirl. Like it it is legit bothering her that Lena thinks these things about Supergirl. But she doesn't trust Lena enough to to make any kind of invention that would control Rain that that might potentially thereby affect Supergirl because of it. So like she cares about her opinion, but she doesn't trust her. And she wants her to like her, but she's still a jerk to her and is controlling. So, like... The fact that this episode begins with Kara scolding Lena was infuriating. It took less than two minutes. Yep. I think it was a minute and a half until Kara goes off on Lena for the stupidest thing. You told me, you tell me everything. Like, who the fuck are you, Kara? You, this is the only time we've ever seen her like this. Yeah. I mean, we saw her briefly like this when she was antagonistic with James when he decided to be Guardian. 
Yes. She was she was a, a jerk, honestly, to James mm-hmm. at that point. But... This, but it was because he lied to her. That was part of it. It was because he lied to her, but I... I <laughs> Which, think, uh, the story turns around. But he knew her secret. Like, it wasn't about this, like, weird triangle kind of thing that they're building up between Lena, Kara, and Supergirl, which let's get on that threesome really quick. But <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't work as an antagonistic relationship because we don't get the good from it. We haven't seen Kara and Lena be friends in such a long time that this fight between them doesn't have the same impact. I still cannot dis and I know I still cannot figure out whether Lena knows or not. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think she does. But also this, and I understand her being so fucking pissed at Kara and Supergirl. But first, I can't imagine for this person that she loves so much, James, that she wouldn't reveal her feelings about knowing Kara was Supergirl to him. So, okay. So I have a few theories on that. And and you're welcome to, to weigh in on what you think about them. So one is that, and I don't believe this of her because she did have kind of like a, um, a, 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 a hero worship going on with Supergirl for a, for a long time. But she might believe that Supergirl being Kryptonian would never deign to masquerade as a human. So she's just always Supergirl. She doesn't, she doesn't have a human alter ego because she's just Kryptonian. She's just that. Do you that know what would I mean? mean she's so stupid. And uh, no, I know. Okay, so but then maybe she thinks that Supergirl and Kryptonians, because of the stuff with Martians, I don't know if she knows this from Lillian telling her at the DEO, but maybe Kryptonians have an ability where they're able to shapeshift, and that Supergirl character just happened to pick the shape of her best friend or the similar style or something so maybe she thinks that it's not actually Kara under there but it's a Kryptonian shape-shifting in that regard or but then why would she never ever see Kara interact with Supergirl but Supergirl interact with literally everyone in Kara's life I have (laughs) no idea So, so okay so then the only other thing the only other idea that I can reasonably come up with that is not insulting to Lena because we've shown we've shown her to have this super genius intellect is that be like Rain and Sam she believes that Kryptonians have kind of a split personality so that Kara is Supergirl and Supergirl is Kara but Kara goes into the rainforest and vice versa when they're each the other and Supergirl maybe has more control than Kara does. And maybe Kara doesn't know that she's Supergirl because of this, because Sam didn't know she was Rain. Well, do you think that Lena wouldn't tell her then? You don't think that Lena would sit down with Alex and be like, do you think that Kara is going through the same thing that Rain, that Sam is? I don't know. I mean, I mean I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not like shitting on your theories. They're like all the last one's probably my favorite of them. I, I don't yeah, think I, any of them are right. I don't think any of them are right either, honestly, because that's that's giving the storytellers of this show way more credit than I think that they're capable of. So then that leaves her knowing, which that I leaves think- her knowing or her not knowing. 
And I think at this point, it's downright well, no, insulting if she doesn't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so there's your theories of her not knowing for that. The other thing is her not knowing, which is insulting. Her so that's the two straight options. straight up not recognizing it because she just doesn't, she just doesn't want to recognize it. But she recognizes it. Alex. But she recognizes Alex. And so the only thing, like, so the, the only thing I could think of is that she must have some of, like, Lex's bias? Is that, it's, I guess that's the word that I'm looking for, because Lex Luthor, at least in the comics book, comic books, doesn't believe when Clark Kent is outed as Superman, because mm-hmm. he doesn't think that someone like Superman would be someone as lowly as Clark Kent. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but I and don't so, think that, that's not, that's not Lena. Lena. But if, if, I know, but if Lena is surrounded by that, or she grew up thinking that, or heard something like that from Lex... Lex had these theories or opinions on Kryptonians. I I just I get what I, you're saying, but I think the reason I don't think that is because I think that is kind of the that's the thought process of her family that she's been trying to fight against her whole life. So I feel like that's something that she would innately fight that theory if it came up in her head. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only reason I think that is a no. Yeah. Um. But so can we? Let's go on to the assumption that she knows. Okay. Right? Okay. I do not know who this character is. If she's acting Lena? like this, yeah. Okay. Because I understand being mad, but I can't understand her being so. It's almost cruel to Kara. They're like, both she's like playing being cruel to yeah. each other. She's like playing cat and mouse, and so like also she's like, oh, I would never be friends with someone that like betrayed me or didn't trust me. I'm like, you're dating James. He literally was trying to like shit on you an entire season but she doesn't know that she doesn't she doesn't know what went on behind the scenes with all of the stuff that happened with cadmus last season she doesn't know the things that james said about her the assumptions that he made like the only time that he has shown her outwardly that he doesn't approve of her was in the beginning of the season when he didn't want to accept her help and didn't want her to buy catco uh, and didn't want her to be a part of running Catco. And when he said on the balcony, in the beginning, I didn't trust you. Like, that's all she knows from James. But I just think, like, this, the character we... Or maybe this is her... Ba- I just... This doesn't line up with anything we know of Lena. She is someone that's pretty straightforward. I can't imagine that she would be playing this game with Kara. It, yeah. At this point, the 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 whole I'm not gonna let tell you like if she cared at all about Kara before, like I can't imagine. There, there also like is something like there is a reason Kara doesn't tell her, and you know, and I feel like Lena would she might be pissed and stuff, but I don't think she she would consider those reasons, you know. Yeah, I mean, again, I I think the only like I have so many, and this is this is terrible as a viewer but i keep coming up with with excuses for why she would behave that way so the only thing then if she does know like if she puzzled out early on car is supergirl this is my best friend and then supergirl starts acting this way and so then she starts to get bitter because she's like there's no way this is my best friend how could i ever believe that she was my best friend she would never treat me this way she would trust me and believe in me and not lie and hide things from me 
So maybe she's just she just goes like a complete 180 where then she just she's just in denial. She's just in denial. Yeah, that 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 is Cara Danvers underneath that suit. Maybe. And so that's why she's lashing out because she thought this was her best friend and it's not. And I, I again, none of it makes sense. There's no progression because we haven't seen this struggle. You know, we haven't seen the struggle between Supergirl, Car, and Lena. Just like last week, we didn't see the real struggle with Monel choosing between the past and the future. <laughs> we didn't get to see it. Instead, it's made into this stupid relationship drama that is sure i guess it's good if you enjoy soap operas and that's the kind of stuff that I you do want. enjoy soap operas and i, I don't do enjoy too. this i do too but this i'm is a not huge a, soaps but this is not a believable angst for the characters that they have built because they haven't shown us up to this point like they just and there's also not enough gratification there's some gratification in soaps where it could be super soapy super ridiculous but it's like there's levity in it. Yes. And there was no levity this episode. Because we don't get to see Car and Leona being friends. Anytime- or Car and Alex being sisters. Or, <laughs> or Car and Alex being sisters. Like, why is Cara talking about her, these identity issues and revealing herself to Lena to every single other person except for Alex? Did she talk about it with John? No, John talked about it with Monel. Yeah, Jean I feel like about- John would be someone good to talk about it too because he's the one that cho- cho- chooses to be this person outwardly. Yeah, he doesn't even hide that fact anymore. He's like, "Hi, John Jones from Mars. What's up? How's it <laughs> well, going?" Oh, do, oh, how much more do we have to talk about this? Because I don't even know if I have anything else to say because I'm so. It's I'm just going to be going on repeat. Yeah, I mean, I think that honestly, I think it's just really frustrating for me that they want us to believe that Carr is leading this double life, but never show that double life. And I think that if they want us to believe in this struggle for her identity, they need to show us that development. They need to finish the arc that they started in the beginning of the season when she's struggling with being these two people in her life, either come to that resolution, prove to us that Carr Danvers is again important to her as a hero to maintain her humanity. They have not done that what the fuck did they do during that break i have no it's not even just during that break like because the beginning of season three was pretty rough too no i know but the thing is they took this break for a reason what did they do i i i i i have no idea but i i'm getting increasingly frustrated that this is the supergirl that we're getting because supergirl has become the worst part of her own show and i don't know if it's this thing that the cw does where they just take their heroes and drive them into the ground. Because Barry's the worst part of the Flash. Oliver is easily the worst part of Arrow. Black Lightning, they haven't ruined it yet. But they've always had good first seasons. So, we'll see. <laughs> and so, Supergirl is is the worst Arrow had part. a good second season. Arrow had a really good second season. Uh and so we don't get to see this dichotomy between hero and human because we don't have any we don't have any connection to Cara Danvers outside of Lena and that's full of animosity at this point. We have don't, we seen her apartment since the break? Cara? Yeah. I don't think so. 
I don't think <laughs> like, we haven't seen her working at Catco. We haven't seen. But we her... never see her working at Catco. <laughs> well, I mean, we haven't in a few seasons. We haven't since Cat Grant left. We had a few moments with Snapper, but then he went on sabbatical or some shit. But we don't get to see Kara even with any other female characters at this point, except as they're fighting. It, it, yeah, except when she's fighting Rain. Like that's the most female. Oh no, no, I meant like gets. arguing with Lena or the arguments with Lena. Yeah, there's there's none of this positive interaction, and it's 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 frustrating for me as a fan of the show. But yeah, Supergirl is the worst part of her show. It, it's so fr- it's just very frustrating. And then, do you want to just keep going on the stuff we hated? I mean, I, I'm just going through the the different talking points throughout. So if you want to, let's... Well, the ne- so the next one is Manel. I... We, 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 we discussed it last week, how Manel's taking over, like, replacing John. And their excuse in the show is because John has to take care of his father. Yep. Which, okay, I, he does. And Alex has to take care of Ruby. But that doesn't mean Manel takes their place every single time. It literally went, no, John, you need to stay with your father. Manel goes, oh, I can go. What? Why is this happening? Also, why does he need to use his cape tricks every single time? There's some times where you could just, like, punch someone. Uh, Because cape tricks are going to save the world. (laughs) Cape tricks are going to bring down the world killer. So the advice that he gave Kara first was, okay, whatever. Good. Tell her. And then the second time, it actually made no sense. So he just made a complete roundabout and is like, oh, if you tell her, it's really just to make yourself feel better, not her. That actually makes no sense. Like, her tell Kara's not telling Lena to make herself feel better. She's telling her because it's the truth and that's what friends should do. And because that is what Lena wants. It really has nothing to do with Kara's feelings. Kara's feelings are the opposite of that. Yeah. Kara's not telling her, her who she is because it makes her feel better. And the weirdest part about that was, for me... That exact same line comes back at the end of the episode when John's talking to Monel. He says to Monel, like, it's selfish if you tell Kara how you feel because it's just going to make you feel better. And I'm like, that's a, like, I didn't understand. It's a weird parallel they made. Yeah. And I couldn't understand it. I couldn't make heads or tails of it because I'm like, when John said it, it was right. I completely agree. But why is that line. Like, verbatim, the same line Manel told Kara about Lena. I mean, at, at this point, Kara's probably selfishly not telling Lena because she knows that it will implode their friendship. Like, she already said that. Yes. Lillian Luther's right, it's going to destroy our friendship. And it's probably the same thing for Monel because Monel thinks that he will implode any chance for happiness with Kara if he tells her that he has feelings for her. Yeah, I it's just I just very different for me. Because one is like Lena no. Lena deserve I mean, I don't know. It's just stupid. I hate the making it's, a parallel between it's, them. It's different and it's frustrating because we get the happy moments between Kara and Monel, and we don't get that with Kara and Lena. So we don't get to see the good stuff anymore. 
And I think it's just frustrating because I'm so over this Monel Cara thing. I, I I am so completely over it. Like, if we want to have Monel be a part of the team, I'm actually okay with that. I don't hate Monel on the team. I don't hate the advice that he gave her in the first part of the episode. And even though I think that it's frustrating that when it comes to fighting the baddies at the very end, that he's the one that goes in and, like sets up the whole fight sequence and is Mike and pretends to be that. I actually I actually kind of like that. I didn't mind that because I miss doing that with Monel because I think that Chris Wood as an actor has really good comedic timing. Mm-hmm. So that works for him. I uh, like that a lot. Yeah. Actually, that was the first time where I'm like, yeah, use him where he should be used. Yeah. But then there was one time in the DEO where like he was taking charge. Where he was like, oh, like, look at this to see if Olivia's here or there. And I'm like, why is he in charge right now? Because neither Car or sorry, neither Alex nor Jean were in the DEO at that moment. And so I guess if those two are gone, then Monel just steps up. And I know that he is the, the leader of the Legion, but it's just frustrating to have this dude just come in and start leading Team Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Because we already don't get Alex because she's taking care of Ruby, which is fine because it's cute between them. But I want to see more badass Alex. I want to see Alex on her motorcycle. Oh, uh, God. I've never been more jealous of another human being. I, I did scream at my TV. I volunteer. Oh, I believe it. When Ruby said 1, no. 1,000% believe that you scream that at your TV. Um, I... Oh. I, uh. It's just frustrating to me that Monel gets these leadership positions and he gets these moments where he can be the hero where Alex and Jean are constantly sidelined because they're family responsibilities or something like that. And I just, I don't like it. Yeah. Do we want to move on to the James story or the Ruby, Marin, John? Let's talk about James. What did okay. you think about the James story? I liked it. You liked it? I, yes. I, if you took away, like, I don't mind James and Lena anymore because I prefer to see James together with Lena than what they're giving us of Kara and Lena. I agree. And so I, but I'm going to go back to what I said when we had the conversation with John and Alex at dinner, where it seems like the out of nowhere the race conversations come up on this show. Okay. You know? And it's like, I feel like you have this conversation that happened at that dinner, like, what, five episodes ago? Mm-hmm. Nothing about race again until here. Like, it just seems like so haphazard, you know? I mean, I again, I don't mind that because I'm a white person, so I don't, I can't even begin to grasp a lot of the race issues that that happen and so maybe for somebody who is who is black who faces this police brutality issue they it might come out of nowhere for them it might be like james's story of when he was a seven-year-old kid when wham he's hit with this reality that he's different because of the color of his skin I, I get that, but I guess my whole thing goes back to that dinner still then. Unless uh, that is what I'm more confused about. Okay, so let me ask you this then. How do you how do you keep that constant storyline going? 
I think I would have been more okay with it again if that if they had shown a little bit more in that la- in that episode. Like shown more in that scene or shown more continuously between episodes. It's actually this my my upset my issue with this is not at all about what happened this episode. I think I'm just going back to being upset about that episode and being disappointed in that episode. So I think that it really has nothing to do with this if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I still think I would rather have that than not, because I think that it's important always to bring that kind of stuff up, to bring it to the forefront of people's minds, to remind them that, look, this is still a legit issue. And yeah. if you think that we're cramming it down your throats, it's because it's fucking important. I mean, I, I just again, I thought that one conversation just fell flat for me and I was disappointed. And then it felt like. I just felt like there should be some more continuation. Yes, I agree. That's I'm to answer your question. I think there should have been some more continuation. I think even maybe having a conversation between John and James at some point. Have they ever talked? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that hands down there need to be more conversations between John and James. Easily. Like like that- I don't think they've ever talked. That should have been a conversation that happened this week or sometime between these two episodes. That should have been a conversation that took place. I don't know even, how Not you... even about race. Just them talking in general. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, just them talking in general. Because let's not make their entire lives about their race either. They're not defined by their race. They're, they're just... Ugh. Yeah. But I, I liked it. I did, and I thought it was... I kind of liked how, you know, it was this white girl that comes in with a gun and nothing happens to her. Uh-huh. Um, they come into the warehouse. They they let the two white people literally just run away. Nothing happens to them. Like, I liked, I liked that they kept that in, you know? Yeah, that scene was actually really hard to watch, I think, because there was so much truth behind it. Because that's mm-hmm. something that I could definitely 100% see happening. Yeah. While I while I understand James's decision to not out himself as the guardian, I I like the idea of him also becoming a hero for young black kids in National City in the world by showing people his face. I agree. I also think it's weird though and like I read this article about this morning that He's not really considered a he- the Guardian is not like a hero in National City, right? Isn't he like kind of a, a vigilante which has its back and forth? So like him coming out isn't going to be like this black hero. I mean, so I think that that's a little unfair because we haven't seen a lot of uh, negativity surrounding vigilantes in well, Supergirl. In season, when he first, in season two, wasn't there, or was it just Kara? It was just Kara. Oh, okay, then I take it back. Yeah, so like on 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 uh, Arrow, there's a whole big thing where the police force in Star City does not like vigilantes. Well, because he they, literally kills people every week. They Yeah, they take up against <laughs> vigilantes. Well, he doesn't kill people anymore, he just maims them for the rest <laughs> of their lives, it's fine. He's cool, guys. Definitely cool. He's never going to walk again, but he's still breathing. <laughs> yeah but i loved his action scenes i loved i don't know why i loved it so much i loved him on the motorcycle coming out of that fire 
The only thing that upsets me about the James sequence mm-hmm. is that we didn't get this sooner. Yes. Why did it take them two seasons to show this part of Guardian? Because they could only make him a character when we're trying to hate Supercorp. I just, it blows my mind that, that they couldn't address this. That we, you know, we'd been saying for a long time that we wanted more. For Look, if you're going to give us Guardian, give us Guardian. Give us Guardian storylines. Don't give us this, you know, two second sequence with him and Wynn where they're doing things behind Kara's back. And then that's that. <laughs> give us a legitimate storyline. This is a legitimate storyline where James has to struggle with whether or not he wants to be a hero who shows his face if he wants to be an iron man who's okay with people knowing his identity or if he wants to be a batman who sticks to the shadows also can we just say like you know when step up your game because i don't like i know they said like oh it's an av- it's an armor piercing bullet but like really you should know better well not even not even just that <laughs> if it was an armor I don't know if, if like, anyone who listens to this podcast has ever been shot before. Even if you wear a bulletproof vest, that shit still hurts. Yeah, that he would have a concussion. Still, he would easily have a concussion if he wouldn't just be straight knocked to the fucking ground after getting hit point blank in the face. Yeah, if it's an armor-piercing bullet, wouldn't that mean that it went through the armor and into his head? Yeah, it wouldn't just shatter the armor. That's not how <laughs> bullets the, work. Where did the bullet go? He would still be wearing that thing on his head, and there would just be a bullet shoved mostly through it. Jeez. But sure, okay, yeah, that just knocks his fucking helmet. It just splits the helmet down the middle. I mean, we know why it happened. It happened so his helmet could be off and they could see him being black. I know why it happened, but his helmet is not securely fastened to the top of his head. Have him get into a physical fight with someone and they pull the helmet off of him. That's That's so much easier than shooting him in the face with a gun. Jeez. Then you get to show off your action sequences more because guardian fighting is really cool. I think that the shield fighting is legit cool to watch. I still might. I don't know why, but my favorite scene was him motorcycling out of that fire. Yeah, that was pretty badass. I still want to see Alex do that, too. Oh, my God. But we're going to get to Alex. I don't understand why they don't have Alex team up with guardian more. They would be a legit good duo, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, there are, there are good ways to bring James into the fold. It doesn't have to be just as Lena's romantic half. Even Wynn and Lena were great this episode. Wynn and Lena were great. I thought that the scene between James and Lena where he talks about himself as a kid, that was so, I was going to bring that up. So good. What I really liked about that was her naivete. Yeah. To the issue... And I was about to say, I think it's because she's Irish, but really she's not. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure the Irish, Irish still deal with race issues. I, I know, but I also realized that she's not even Irish in the show. Um, Lena Kieran Luther. <laughs> you know what I mean. She's, she's not from Irish. Ireland. She did not grow up in Ireland. Or maybe that's why she has a bad accent. No, but she didn't. Anyway, that's not the point. Like, I like that, like... I liked her being like not ignorant. What's the word I want to use? Sheltered? I mean, 
No, I think, I mean, sheltered is a good word for it. I mean, I, I think ignorant is a good way of showing it, too, because she is a white woman in National City. She's a white woman from money. Like, that's that's not a knock against her for her to not understand what it's like to be a, a, a black man growing up in but this culture. But not even, culture. like, even think of it. And I thought that one line, like, like, this is the first time that they could judge me by my actions and my heart. That's heartbreaking. And but and it's frustrating too though because we don't get to see that. Like it's like from this season, what actions? What heart? Like this is the most this is the first time we've seen Guardian do something. So like you're bringing this whole story in about this is the first time that he's recognized that as, as this, but we don't as viewers have context for that. Again, I think that that is why that storyline belongs better in season two when he is still grappling with being the guardian because that is why this is important to him. Is when in the comic books? No. Okay. Uh, I was wondering. I mean, and guardian is a completely different character. This. Okay. Yeah. Guardian is, is a Cadmus creation. So, um, so there are, there aren't these kinds of struggles for the character like they are for James. Uh-huh. Uh, which, again, is another misstep that they had last season with not not using Cadmus more fully like they should have as a villain. Because mm-hmm. it's a it's a top-tier villain. But anyway. Uh, it, not on the show. Not on the show. Let's not, <laughs> you know what? Let's bring Monel more into it. And the Daxamites are the real villains. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say about it. I liked it. It was the best part of the episode for me. I wish that there was more context around it in both some of the racial issues in the way, not context in the show. Like just again, like bring John somewhat into it, especially because you had that conversation. Well, yeah, bring John um, into it and then bring some more interconnectivity between yeah. these plot lines, because, you know, we've talked about how Sanvers didn't fit into the main Supergirl storyline. This episode, while it had entertaining parts, there, there were, were three, three episodes in this episode. distinct episodes. Yes, three distinct storylines that did not overlap. And on that note, I am going to continue my my plea, my, what's the word I want to use? Uh, promotion? I don't know. I'll think of the word in a second. Of any spinoff of this show needs to be a buddy cop show with John and Alex. That is the only spinoff I will accept. Yeah, I mean, at and, this point, I don't think the CW needs to do any more spinoff superhero TV shows because they're just repeating storylines and well, all no, of their same shows. If you had a buddy cop of John and Alex, that could be a completely different show. No, they would find a way to make me hate both of them, I'm sure. There's no way you could hate Alex. Uh, you know, I don't. I didn't think there was any way that I could hate Supergirl, honestly, because she's a bubbly ray of sunshine. <laughs> but I do. I cannot stand her right now. I didn't think that they would make me dislike these characters as much as I do. Should we move on to Alex and John? Um, what do you have more to say? Let's talk about let's talk about the cult of Rao. Oh, I <laughs> I don't care. You don't care about the cult of Rao? I I don't like Olivia at all. No. I don't like the act. I don't know if I don't like the actress. I have I had literally no interest. On the second time I watched, I kind of just like did my own things during those scenes. Because I have no, and this is similar to what you brought up last week about um, Rain's mom, or Sam's mom. I have no connection with this girl. 
None. None. I didn't like her the first episode. I thought she was annoying. So you're bringing her back and I'm supposed to have a connection with her? It took me 45 minutes to remember who she was. Oh, really? Yeah, I legit, I was like, who? Who is this girl? James knows her? Why do I not know her? I don't remember her. Who is this? I mean, I like Tanya a lot. I, I like Tanya too, and I think that she has great potential. I would love to see more. Not from. on the CW. Yeah, not definitely not on the CW. Please don't ruin her too. I think what's frustrating to me is that Supergirl is so all over the place with the stories that they are telling. There is no cohesion with any of these stories. So, like I said, the James plot from this week that that belongs in season two. That is a story that you tell in season two. It fits right in. It fits perfectly with his struggle as Guardian and then his struggle as a hero, as a black man. And then, you know, the story that he had with, um, oh, my gosh, what was the little boy's name that he saves? Um, I, you know, I don't know names. OK, I'm sorry. The little boy that he <laughs> saves and then he sees him as like a, a, a father figure because he's also a black man and he trusts him. I think that. I think that those fit well together. That's that's cohesion. That is a solid that helps. Well, it's not a solid. It helps establish <laughs> a story arc for James as guardian. Yeah. This stuff with cult of Ra- with the cult of Rao. This is a first half of the season story arc. All I of also this didn't stuff even care with- that they were making another world killer. I mean, uh, th- that the, the logistics of the insanity of that aside, <laughs> the cult of Rao Colville is a good first half villain. First yeah. half of the season, you introduce him, you introduce the idea of world killers, you introduce the history, the religion, all of this stuff that is associated with Krypton. First half of the season, the importance of that. Then... Through the destruction of the cult of Rao, the whatever it falls apart, then you bring in Rain. Then you have Rain as the second half, the major villain of the second half of the season. You have more of a cohesive story arc throughout all of this by having it separated in such a way, but it's still telling a continuous story throughout that relates to Kara as Supergirl and a Kryptonian. It brings her past into play. And it's not this jump around nonsense that they're doing right now because Colville came back at the end of the episode. I, don't I know. I was like, why is Byron back? Like, I thought Byron. I don't Isn't he in jail? Talk about him right now. Not one fuck about Colville. He needs to go. There are a few episodes left. Give me my good, solid, kick ass end of the season arc. Stop doing this back and forth thing. I don't, I don't know what show I don't you think it. you're watching. <laughs> I don't know what show I think I'm watching either. But this is this is absurd. Also, it's a little absurd to me that yeah, again, we said that we liked the the Monel as Mike kind of thing. But uh-huh. are you really telling me that Cora freaking Danvers cannot handle five teenage acolytes in a rundown <laughs> theater to stop them from becoming a world killer? I like, did love them picking Monel and him going through all those seats. I mean, I think that that's great, too, and it was entertaining enough, so I'm not, like, really mad about it. But the fact that these outcasts are somehow going to manage to follow a Kryptonian, a Kryptonian scientific recipe for baking a world killer. Wait, also the fact that they had Tanya read out the ingredients. Tanya could have totally said something wrong on purpose. I mean, so- I don't understand why she didn't. 
I don't understand why she didn't either to buy them more time. I know. But it's like... the only thing that I could think of is that they had kind of done it before with the other girl that, you know, went to dust. Imploded. And, and so they knew that they were on track. So, like, if something didn't immediately happen with the, the rock or whatever, they would have killed Tanya. And why, also, why would they have Tanya reading it to them if they don't trust Tanya? Because no one else can read the Kryptonian. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason why they need her is because she's the only one who can read it because she's a linguist. <laughs> okay. That's, that's what they said. I know. But like, yeah, that makes sense. It makes, yeah, it makes total sense. But the fact that, that you're trying to... How did I miss one, that part? Probably because I wasn't paying attention because I Probably because you don't care because it's a stupid story arc <laughs> that these cultists are going to make a world killer. <laughs> You have put this world killer thing up on a pedestal to the point that that Rain is now kind of becoming immune to kryptonite. So she is this great, powerful being. And you mean to tell me that these people in a broken down theater are going to also make a world killer? Did you watch Charmed? No. So this reminds me of like an episode of Char- like. And this is what's so ridiculous. This episode of Charm where these college girls, it's a Valentine's Day episode, want to make like their dream guys. So they find a spell book and like turn animals, farm animals accidentally into their like dream guys. And that's what this kind of reminded me of, except none of the comedy, because there's nothing like ironic or like funny about this or supposed to be. But, like, you know what I mean? That's how stupid this is. Because they haven't embraced the parts of Supergirl that used to be that lighthearted. But also, it's like, what? This, this again, came out of nowhere. Well, I mean, like, the episode of Legends of Tomorrow where Elvis is uh, <laughs> inhabited by the totem of death. And he's got, you know, the undead brother. That's an implausible freaking storyline. But we also disliked that one. That was one of our least favorites. We did dislike it, but at the same time, it was still entertaining enough for us to be like, you know what? In the crazy Legends universe, this is just believable enough. (laughs) They have made Supergirl so serious that I don't believe that these kids from National City are able to create a world killer because of the cult of Rao. They haven't built it up. what What happened in that part? was like a Lois and Clark episode. And I love that show. But that show is also like campy as fuck. That was my first introduction. That was my first introduction to Superman. This wasn't even good campy though. Yeah. This is they were legit trying to sell this to me as something that was serious. And like what it was stuck to her hand and like let her die. Yeah, and then Carl was like, "Give me your hand. Give it to me." Like she was like holding a like a kid got a burn from touching the fucking stove. Wait, she's like, she, "Let me kiss she it." Can control her cold? Can she control her um cold breath that well? Like, wouldn't that girl's hand be frozen off? Yeah, she would have frostbite. Like she would have no feeling in the other parts of her hands. There's no way. There's no way that she directs her frost breath just to the rock. But no also. Way. Adjust the temperature of it so that it doesn't like it can either like freeze an entire wall or just cool your hand a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I have no idea, um, but I think that's okay. all I've got when it comes to the cult of Rao. But Jesus Christ, Colville does not need to come back. This I know is... one thing I did like. I did like the book. I, I just like book was cool. The le- the leather and like the way it closed and the 
That word you taught me last week that I forgot already. Uh, what, sigil? Yeah, the sigil was on it. Uh-huh. Did I use that word right? You did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> rain, rain sigil was on it. Yeah. Um, I just like, I, I don't know, I have like a thing for old books like that. Or like old, like, nope, like, would that be considered a mol- moleskin kind of? I guess it, I mean, it seems like it's like a leather bound book. It probably from a different planet amazing. years ago. Yes. Or horrible. One of those two. I mean, it traveled through space and time. Maybe not time. Those cultists did seem like they probably don't shower. So <laughs> they it's, probably it's, just rub their body. You know what? It's nasty. Never mind. I don't want to smell it. Um, okay. Let's go to. Let's go to the best part of the episode. Alex and John and Mirren and Ruby. I actually did not not like, I did not mind Ruby this week. So I completely saw where she was coming from and like I was annoyed because like I don't like Alex being upset, but I completely got her. Yeah, I mean, she is a young girl who in the span of like, I don't know eight hours found out that her mom is rain her grandmother was killed by her mom and oh she might turn into rain one day (laughs) so you know what yeah that's a really shitty day so i kind of understand why she doesn't want to go ride a motorcycle with alex i mean if it was us that would totally make us feel better but for her obviously she's not gay because like i can't imagine liking girls and not saying yes to that but Two things, three things, just to begin. So, is Alex just going to be wearing her suit every time she's in the DEO now? Or is that just for fighting? I have no idea. Because I love that suit, but I'd like it to just be for fighting. Because I still love her with that, like, half-zip, really tight shirt DEO outfit. Yes, me too. And, like, I really I miss do. that. And so I want her to be wearing that if any costume or wardrobe people are listening, I'd prefer Alex be wearing that tight. And remember black that shirt. our opinions are the most important <laughs> thing when it comes to making Supergirl. While in the DEO. But when she's out, have the suit. Because also, like, you don't want to ruin the suit. Like, obviously, that magnet thing doesn't work all the time. You don't want it on all the time because what if it ruins the magnet thing? I don't think that's how magnets work. Well, obviously the magnet didn't work. We don't know how magnet works here because only sometimes it pulls things close to you. I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that like Alex is sitting on a couch in the DEO and then she puts her hand out and then a fridge is suddenly cascading <laughs> toward her because she wants a drink. Like, um, <laughs> you can't. I could totally see her doing that. Just I mean, like, that's let what me try I this do. out. Let me let me try this out. I wonder if I could open the door. Like try to open the door and then be like, I wonder if I could get that Coke. <laughs> I wonder if I could use it opposite and push that door closed. And then Wynn's like, uh, that's not what I made that. Oh, never mind. And then she shoots in that glare. <laughs> and then I love them even more. Um So that was the only other thing. Oh also, has Ruby just not gone to school in a week? I mean yeah. I guess her mom died. But still, like, is Alex bring, supposed to bring her to school? Is Alex like... I'm pretty sure that she has an excuse for not going to school. 
Um, I'm sorry. My mom's a, a roller killer. Yeah, you know that person who's been terrorizing the city for months? That's my mom. And she'll kill you if you make fun of me. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm trying to start up a DC's version of Runaways. <laughs> With Ruby at the helm. With Ruby at the helm. Um... But then someone mentioned this on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but they're like, literally everything that Alex suggests to make Ruby feel better is like the gayest thing in the world. She's like, I'll dye your hair like blue. Let's play Scrabble. Like All these like different things. I can't remember. She just said other things too. But it's like, you're so gay. She's just so adorable. Like, I just, I loved everything Can about those scenes together. Can you imagine saying no to that face? I, there's no way that I'd say no to anything that she asked me to. She'd be like, hey, will you help me hide this body? Yes, ma'am. Let's go. Let me. I'm not even going to think about it. There's no hesitation whatsoever. We're going to go. Uh, I loved everything about those scenes. With I love the books. The little space family. I loved I loved them playing foosball. It was so. It, it was the happiness that I miss watching an episode mm-hmm. of Supergirl. And I loved that some more John-Alex interaction. And, I mean, you're going to... I actually paused because what happened... When um, Ramirez, um had his freak out, it was right next to Pinball Machine. So I paused to see what 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 machines they were. Oh, my goodness. Up, see if I've played them before. I hadn't played any of them. You're such a nerd. <laughs> the first one was Taxi. The second one was Mouse Around. And then the third, I couldn't get it. it was something machine. Um, it wasn't a Bally's board or a Bally's table, so I couldn't figure it out. None of this means anything to me. I have no idea uh, what you're saying. I don't play pinball. Okay, well, anyway. Anyway. I think I was kind of upset because I feel like Alex should know not to bring someone who's confused to an arcade. Because arcades are stimulating as fuck. Yeah. They are overwhelming. First, and I also said he... John said that he needed a 3D video game. Do they have 3D video games at arcades? 3D video games? Yeah. Um... <laughs> he said specifically 3D video games. I read that 3D video games are good for plasticity in human minds. I mean, I guess it it depends on like what you consider a, a, a 3D version of the world. Of a of a video game, like you could play like a like a Skyrim. I mean, you wouldn't play Do that. They in have those games at arcades. I don't think. I guess they... shooting games, maybe. Uh, shooting games, they tend to be like a run and gun, right? It's been a long time since I've been to an arcade. Was that was that at an? It looked like it was at an amusement park. It did look like it was at an amusement park, which also seems like a horrible idea for one, a person <laughs> who is losing his memories and might get lost, and two. <laughs> A girl who was going through some immense grief. <laughs> like, that just seemed like a poor choice. All It worked out for them in the end. But, yeah. guys, you did not think this through at all. I know. Bless your Can little Can we also hearts. talk about Alex's tweed jacket? It was, oh my gosh. What was going on there? No idea. Like, I, wardrobe department, okay? First, you do not wear a tweed jacket to an arcade. 
Unless you are a professor and you're like 70 years old and you're like, oh, let me, I don't even know. I don't even know where I'm going with that. I mean, you I guess it did look like a jacket that would skew younger in age for someone who would wear it. Yes, but it also but looked like it was really jacket. hot outside. So nobody <laughs> wears a tweed jacket when it's warm out. It was, I couldn't, it couldn't handle it. Second, the fact, this is a small one, but like when John's like, oh, I have to deal with the manager. I'm like, can't you just use your powers and shit? To, like, make everyone forget this or something? Does he have that power, Jen? Um, He does have that power, but I think it drains him. Okay. I think that is one of the few times that they've shown that his powers affect him. And then my last question at the end. Why is Alex still telling... Like, doesn't she know about the DEO at this point? I don't think Be- so. Okay. Because, like, I thought she's like... What does she think Alex does now? She works for the FBI. With aliens? She knows she works with aliens, right? At this point? She's 12. Yep. But but John's an alien. Marin's an alien. Okay, when you were 12-year-olds, did you have any clue what federal agencies did? Maybe. I don't know. Because I, I, I'll tell you right now, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know what the difference between the FBI and the CIA was. Somebody was just throwing out acronyms, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, you work for the government. That's cool." I think I did just because of TV. Oh yeah, I didn't watch TV as a kid. <laughs> yeah, but so I mean, I think she's 12. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's, okay. That's one of those consistency things that doesn't bother me as much because it doesn't well, really my, affect the character. The thing I was bothered about is like I thought they were reading Ruby in on what's going on a little bit more. And I thought if Alex is saying like, you can trust me, I'll be honest with you, that that's something that she would be honest about. Like, I'm working on this. I'm working on finding your mom and getting her better. Like, I work in an alien. Well, I guess you could say I work in an alien department of the FBI. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, R- Ruby probably doesn't know that there isn't, like, a subsect of the FBI that works with aliens. And, like, technically, that could be what the DEO is. It could be, yeah. <laughs> um, and then on that note, do we want to address how easily Tanya just came, comes into the DEO? It's so mind-boggling to <laughs> and me. And James is just like, oh, with everything going on, I thought this would be the safest place for her. I'm like, that is false. It's probably the most dangerous place for her right now. Well, I think it's frustrating to me, too, because they kind of hinted that Tanya puzzled that pu- puzzled out that she knew that Kara was Supergirl. Because the looks that she was giving Supergirl led me to believe that, okay, well, James is Guardian, so the blonde girl with the glasses in the office who took the book to Supergirl is probably also the blonde-haired superhero named Supergirl. Yes, which goes back to the point when... When um, James was like, oh, like, I know you taking your mask off is different than me taking my mask off. And it's like, she doesn't have a mask. It is her fucking face. People see her face every day. Just kidding. It's face off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. It's Uh again, it's it all comes back to Lena not knowing. And I understand if Cara personally doesn't want to tell Lena that secret. But I don't at this that, point. But the fact that somebody like Tanya, who has been in two episodes, comes into the DEO and sees both Kara and Supergirl and can realistically puzzle out Supergirl's identity. 
then the but fact she's so that- smart because she's a linguist. Lita is, is the <laughs> smartest person on the show. And so for two seasons, they have been dragging this out. It has gone on for far too long. And we're if saying they that Cat Grant would know and Lena wouldn't. If they end this season and Lena still does not know that Kara is fucking Supergirl, I swear to God, I'm going to break explicit. so many vases. I, I don't even, even if she does know, we find out she knew the whole time. If it is not explicit by the end of this season, I will be upset. They better have a darn good reason. They won't. They won't. Because they don't care. Cape tricks. Cape tricks. Cape tricks are why she doesn't know that she's Supergirl. Why didn't I think of it before? The cape is actually masking Supergirl's face. That's what it is. Gosh, thank you, Monel. Thank you so much for introducing that to us. Do you have anything else? I don't think so. I think I'm also done. <laughs> All right. That was hard. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Jen Stayrook. I am at TV with APB, and we are at Super Trash Cast. And as always, you can email us at supertrashcast at gmail.com. If you want to rate us on iTunes, you can do that. Um, and if you want to check out our Patreon, we have some cool um, rewards on there that you can pay for and support us. Okay. Thanks so Thank much you. for listening. Bye. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.